You're listening to The Podium, and right now on The Podium, we're joined with a man heavily involved in the motorsport world. He's owned championships and race car tracks. He's been involved in sponsorship, and he's also a racer. Tony Quinn, thank you so much for joining us on The Podium. No problem. I'm not sure that I'm all of those things, and I'm not sure that I do them well, but (laughs) I've survived this far, so we'll we'll, um, give it a crack. What have you made of some of the events of the past few weeks and the effects that they've had? Look, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm bemused, I'm bewildered, I'm confused, I'm doing what I'm told, even if I think sometimes it's not quite right, but I think we need to to act as a community and you know, all be responsible and if we're going to get this thing under control. There's all sorts of uh, facts and figures that you can look at, but the reality is that this is a one-in-a-hundred-year event. Nobody's alive today that went through the Spanish flu type thing. So this is all new to all of us. Um, we have the luxury nowadays of social media and fantastic communication skills and mechanisms and technology and um, a, a much, much better health system. So look, I think we're all just, we should all just behave and, um, you know, just do do the best thing for our family and community and country and I think the government's doing a great job to be honest um, you know and the only people that are upset in the equilibrium in my opinion are the people that are, are being you know nasty people at the supermarkets and hoarders and whatever the hell they're doing um, no, nobody needs all the stuff that they're shopping for and the, the reality is that none of our essential industries like food and health and stuff are going to um, shut down or, or suffer or yeah. So there's going to be plenty of food and plenty of toilet paper for everybody. Um, the people that um, have been hoarding or whatever need to stop it and um, get sensible. And you know, this is just something that we're all going to have to work through. It's going to affect every industry. Some will benefit, believe it or not, but but most will suffer. Um, so as a community and as a country, we're not going to come out of this better than we went into it, but we might come out of it with a different attitude towards our work style and, and the way we we handle things and stuff. I mean, already, I'm I, my office is in a big office tower, if you like, on the Gold Coast, and already people, you know, obviously are working from home, and what's happening is that the corporates are saying, well, do we really need offices? I mean, if people are going to work from home and so long as we can manage that, we probably don't need people to come into the CBD and take the tram and take the bus and take the car. And We don't need that congestion. We could probably just, most people could work from home, which I think will will be one of the results of this exercise is that we'll see a change in the way that people work, to be honest. There's been lots of fans that weren't happy with all the events surrounding the cancellation of the Grand Prix in Melbourne. Can you give race fans some insight into all the stuff that happened leading into the Grand Prix weekend? As far as I'm aware, they took place on the Thursday, but the pressure was mounting from, you know, the authorities, the health departments, and just the general, you know, public really is saying, even Lewis Hamilton, you know, why are we doing this? You know, this is just too much risk. And um, I think the authorities in the end, or the organisers, promoters thought, you know, we better toe the line here. 
And the reason that it took a little bit of time to get the word out to the fans, particularly the fans that were at the gate, was because the police had to get into position um, to control the, the the trams and the public transport and the gates and stuff like that. So that's, I believe that they took the decision like half past eight in the morning mm. and they didn't announce it till 10 o'clock just because they had to get in position, you know. So that's, that's fine. And look, everybody's going to have an opinion of what should have happened, what could have happened. But the reality is that these guys, like in business too, you've got to make a decision uh, with the best information you've got at that time. And, you know, in hindsight, they absolutely made the right decision. So nobody should be objecting or whinging or moaning. I mean, I know several people that had made arrangements to be at the Grand Prix, travelled from overseas, booked accommodation, paid the tickets, the whole deal. Um, we had several members from our racetracks in New Zealand that had done exactly that. But at the end of the day, <coughs> you know, it's 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 the same thing for everybody. You know, everybody got the same treatment. So we just have to cop it and um, realise that it's not just, you know, they weren't picking on an individual or a group of people. It's for the good of the country. Yeah, We've yeah. never had this before. So nobody, nobody can can um, look back and and um, suggest a different way. And as I said before, I think the governments and the authorities are making absolutely the right decisions. What's this mean for motorsport? Obviously with the Grand Prix, I mean, that was the start of people in the motorsport industry, I guess, realising that this year is going to be a wee bit lumpy, a bit different, and uh, everybody from competitors to fuel and tyre suppliers to caterers, you know, everybody sort of had the realisation that, wow, this could escalate and affect, because there was a moment in time where I think people thought, well, because it's an international event, that's what they've done. Um, but then as it, it sort of snowballed into the, the sort of national um, rounds and in the V8s and stuff like that, I mean, in Obersay, I think it's common knowledge now that, you know, like people were saying initially that we have to, we have to stop things for a month or two weeks or whatever. It's clear now that, you know, we're going to be in a, sort of state of uh, lockdown, for want of a better term, until the winter, you know. And um, a good friend of mine is a doctor, and she said that, um, you know, we're unfortunately going into our flu season, into the winter, where the Northern Hemisphere are coming out of their winter and going into their summer. So we're probably going to have it, (coughs) I believe, we're going to be a wee bit more prolonged than the Northern Hemisphere, and, you know, and again, all credit to the authorities for making the right decisions because we have to get on top of this thing early and then, you know, then control it. I mean, we can immediately look at what happened in Italy and, and versus what happened in China, if we can believe them. But, um, yeah, look, it's, it's a nasty wee thing and we need to get on top of it. Some people say it's only the flu, but it's clearly not only the flu. Things won't normalise until we have a vaccine for it. And the best sort of information at the moment is that that's at least six months away and then by the time it gets out to everybody, you know, it's another couple of months. So, you know, we all just have to do the right thing in between. And, and you know, I think motorsport, yes, is going to be affected, but general communities and general businesses 
are going to be greatly affected. You know, motorsport, let's be honest, to most people in Australia, motorsport is an indulgence, really. You know, it's something that you that you do. Um, you know, very few people in Australia do it professionally. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the V8 teams, for example, you know, some of them might not survive. The, um, if it goes on for six months or if it goes on for most of this year, um, they're not going to be able to keep their, their crew. Um, I know of two teams already that have paid out their staff and said, you know, basically you're on your own until we resume. So, you know, that's, that's what's happening. Sporting codes such as the AFL and NRL have spoken about how their clubs are going to be affected a lot from this and they're still competing. What's it going to mean for motorsport teams that aren't competing? If it's not going to be the closure of the teams, it's going to be a change of the teams because the the teams probably won't re-establish themselves in the same way. So, you know, there's going to be changes no matter what. But, you know, the motorsport people, fraternity, and any semi-professional sport nowadays, you know, um, they're all agile people. They're all, you know, quick thinkers. We'll we'll, we'll get around it. We'll we'll um, get going again. But it might just take a bit longer um, for everybody to get going again. And certainly sponsors and corporate um, help and stuff. I would imagine that if if it wasn't already almost gone, um, you're going to be a brave corporate guy to sponsor a race team right now. You know, like to to look at extending the sponsorship, I think that would be foolhardy. What are Virgin going to do? Are they going to continue to sponsor the V8 Supercars? I don't think so. You know, and I don't know what the deal is and whether they can exit. But um, you know, you can't be laying off staff in vast amounts and continue to sponsor a bloody you know weekend sport. So you know, there's going to be all sorts of ramifications that we haven't even considered yet um, but, the, but the good news is so like it's all bad there's nothing good about the current situation but the good thing is that humans have always evolved we've always risen to the challenge and yeah 99% of the time we've beaten the odds and we, we find a cure and we get on with it and you know um, we become jolly again and you know um, it's, it's, it's a war but it's not it's a different kind of war, you know. It's not humans shooting other humans. It's, you know, it's it's some nasty virus trying to kill our elderly, you know. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, um, there's not a lot of good things you can say right now. The government's doing the best they can to to quell the fear and panic, um, and that's what we have to do as a community and as people. We have to, um, you know, follow the rules and, and follow the guidelines and do the right thing. And, you know, that's that's our job. It has been a difficult period for motorsport already with the timing of the Holden decision. We've seen recently that F1 is going to be delaying the implementation of their new regulations. What do you think that supercars should be doing? They initially looked at speeding up the implementation of Gen 3 and now it looks like it's going to be delayed again. What do you think that supercars should be doing with their Gen 3 regulations? Uh, 
look, you know, forget the coronavirus. If if, it, if the coronavirus didn't happen, the absolute thing that they should do, and I think they were doing it, was to accelerate the Gen 3 thing. And, and from my perspective, I think what's happened this year, what we saw in Adelaide uh, this year, was how well Adrian Burgess had paratized the car. And I think, given that um, show of parody, I think most people would accept that we could paratize a BMW to race against a Ford or, you know, a, a Kia Stinger or whatever to race against whatever. You know, I, just, <laughs> I still think we need to be V8. But I'm, I'm confident, personally, that Adrian Burgess and his team could actually paratize one car against the other. And I think whilst Holden leaving the sport was a major blow, um, and not just to the teams, but for the television rights and stuff like that, um, I actually think that it probably is a good thing, because it was going to happen anyway, but it, it, it offers the V8 management team to actually speed up the Gen 3 thing and change the rules, knowing that Holden are, are you know, they're the missing link now. You know, they're, they're, they're out of the game, basically. And you need to encourage and open up the field to all sorts of cars with, with loose rules, loose-ish rules, but knowing that Adrian Burgess and his team can paratize them, I think that's awesome. I think, I think that then breeds a whole new, um, you know, a whole new bloody opportunity for the, um, the V8 series. I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I know it's a bad thing and you can doom and gloom about it, but I actually think it would open it up to more opportunity. So in terms of the cars in the championship in the future, what do you think they should look like? You used to be the owner of the Australian GT Championship and we've seen the introduction of TCR into Australia. Do you think that supercars should be moving more towards a GT series format or a TCR style series? Fundamentally, they have to stick to a V8 or a V6 turbo, whatever. It needs to be a pretty grunty car. I don't think GT3 and GT whatever, um, the GT series has outpriced itself for this region of the world, basically. You know, a new car, <coughs> excuse me, is a million dollars. You know, well, we can't afford that. We're not going to be paying that going forward. Um, so, and the TCR thing is good. You know, it's a good wee series, but it's not, it's not huge. You know, we're led to believe it's hugely successful throughout the world. It's actually not that hugely successful, um, but it's it's got a place and it's got a good place. Fine, happy days. Um, but I I actually think that the V8 super and I know they're called supercars now, but I think they need to be loud and proud, and they need to be, you know, the the sort of the flagship of the brand, you know, like basically. And um, I think it's I you know I'm I'm not an expert in cars, but I'm sure there's plenty of of road cars out there that could compete, given that we can paratize them now. Because that's, to be honest, that has been the problem. Even since Nissan and Mercedes got on board, we were always just doubting the parody side of it. And as soon as Nissan threatened to leave, they would get a bit more power or parody or whatever it was. But now with Adrian Burris, and this is just my view, I'm totally confident that he 
in this team could sort any bloody car that you want, either make it faster or slower or whatever, so that it could compete on a level playing field. And what about for you in terms of your racing career, Tony? We haven't seen you racing as much recently. <laughs> well, to be honest, sorry, I've got bronchitis. The most unfortunate time in, in my life to have bronchitis, I've got it now, which is a real drama. But um, yeah. No, my racing career is fine. I've been quite busy um, out and about, but it's just a bit of a story. Um, last year, me and Harry decided, Harry's my right-hand man, um, we decided that we'd carry on for another few years. And um, so we ordered five new vehicles. We ordered a new Aston Martin. We ordered a new R5 Fiesta. We all, we've got a new Mustang production car being built. Um, we've got a new uh, Safari truck coming. And I can't even remember what the last one is, but we've got five new vehicles. Oh, and a new Nissan GTR for the Targa. So we're all geared up, ready to go racing. Um, this year was brand new gear because I, I don't want to uh, spend too much time fixing things. So um, we're all ready to go, but we've got nowhere to go this year. <laughs> we just have to wait, mate. We just have to be patient. Yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? And how are things going with all the tracks? Well, that's, that's what adds a bit of salt into the wound as well. You know, like I've got two tracks in uh, New Zealand. I own the Aussie race car series, and I've got about 10 good race cars that I can race, and I can't do anything right now. <laughs> oh, I know. So it's a bit ironic, but, you know, there's people far worse off than me, so I'm just going to hang around, wait my time, and, you know, when, when things get going again, I'll be one of the first guys to get out there and support the, the sport, you know, like, um, because it, it will be changed, and there will be people um, gone from it, and it will take a year or two to re-establish or, you know, however we work it out. But we're all going to have to be fit and and uh, agile and make some quick decisions and some good decisions. So hopefully we can keep eating and, and we don't run out of toilet paper and we'll be fine. What do you make of all the other categories such as S5000, TCR and TA2 and where they fit into the landscape of Australian motorsport? Well, I'm sure most people in the industry know that yeah, and and I'm not I'm not seeing anything out of order, but you know the guys at the ARG group have long wanted to buy the the V8 series, um, and you know there's been offers backwards and forth, and like most commercial deals, is the offers that have been made are half of what the requirement is, <laughs> so there's been a bit of banter there, and and I think there's a certain amount of grandstanding or or a pissing contest to see who's doing what. And there's no doubt in my mind, anyway, that ARG have gone flat out to to sort of destabilise the the um, the V8 series and its television show, and they've come out with their own thing. Um, you know, my view is that I think the TA2 series is probably um, probably long term got more legs than people give it credit for. Um, I think the S5000. Sadly, it won't survive. It, it won't. Um, it won't get going um, because I just don't think there's the interest, genuine interest, in the Australian public uh, or even spectators or even yeah, you know, like they're good, but they're not that good enough. Australians have never supported that. 
and from a forward making a com- comeback is is a beginner thing. Um, I think there's there's obviously way too many categories in Australia, but that's the same everywhere you go, and they're all being diluted. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 a difficult situation that the sport have to manage people's aspirations and what they want to do and how they want to go about it. And this is actually what happens in a, in a democracy. <laughs> you know, when you have a dictator and he tells you what's happening and that's it. A bit like China, to be honest. They tell you this is what's fucking happening and that's that's it. Whereas in the, in the Western democracy world, we, we try and please everybody. And, you know, it has had the effect in Australia and New Zealand of diluting every category. So, you know, the, the reality is because I've owned categories and still do, unless you've got 20 cars on the grid, that category is bleeding money. So, you know, you just have to look around and see. And I'm talking at a national level. I mean, you can do it at a club level thing, but at a national level, if you've got less than 20 cars on the grid, you're bleeding money. So as long as people want to do that, that's fine. Let's talk about some of the good things now. We have talented drivers such as Scotty McLaughlin and Shane Van Gisbergen currently competing Australia. We have Scott McLaughlin looking at heading overseas to race an Indy car at the Indianapolis Road Circuit if that event does go ahead. What do you make of his prospects racing overseas? He'll be fine, man. He's a champion. He's, he's, you know, both those guys that you spoke about, and you could add a few more into there, but only a few. You know, Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes in his day. You know, like those guys are true champions, and they're very, very talented, uh, and they've got that little bit of spark about them as well that just tips them over the edge. You know, as far as you can be a really good driver, but if you don't have much luck, it's uh, it doesn't help you much. But those, you know, those three guys, but particularly the two younger guys, um, have got a marvelous future in front of them. They're they're very really, very talented, and I mean, Shane already goes to Europe and America and does very well. And Scotty might take a year to to sort of fit in, but um, he'll be perfect, mate. He'll be very good, I would suggest. And what do you think about big international names such as Michael Andretti, Zach Brown? and Roger Penske's involvement in Australian motorsport? I think that's good for the sport. I think it's all good. And, you know, this is a reflection of where we were and where we're going to. You know, the world was a very, very small place a month ago where, you know, I was, you know, I've got a business in England and Scotland as well as Australia and New Zealand. And, um, you know, I was traveling around the world willy-nilly, just as if, you know, the world was a small place. And, you know, we're, we're all looking at global global entities and opportunities and stuff. And so I think that's all good. However, maybe that's going to change this time around. So, so um, you know, stay tuned on that one, I think. If we do get racing this season, who do you think is going to win the Supercars Championship this season? Well, it's interesting because they're doing that eSport thing, which I think is a good thing. You know, I mean, I've mm. always said that the, the um, management of the V8 supercars in general, 99% of the time, have done a great job. You know, even the days Tony Cochran and all the rest of it, was, you know, it, it's been a great success story, no matter what. And um, 
you know, I, I think that um, it'll continue to be. And they've got this E-Series up and going. Now, I'm not sure whether they're going to include that in the championship or whether that's going to be a different thing. But it absolutely does two things. It loses some of the appeal for the older spectators, me included, uh, but it opens up to the younger players. And they may, we may well see, this may well be uh, another change of direction for the, the supercar series, you know, and, and this is how we do the future. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to be different in six months' time, and, and certainly there'll be a lot of things that are different in 18 months' time. Going forward, what are the plans for you, Tony? We were hoping to obviously have the V8 round at Hampton Downs. We're looking at doing the New Zealand Grand Prix. We've got a massive membership um, contingent. You know, things were going along fine. and It's just going to take a year or so to re-establish all of that stuff and get going. And hopefully, you know, we can all um, enjoy the future. And just finally, what advice would you give to motorsport fans, teams, and all stakeholders involved in motorsport? We've all just got to hang in. And we mustn't lose faith. We've got to hang in and support who we can. And, um, you know, have an opinion, but don't be an asshole on the, you know, don't be a keyboard warrior with all the answers with no information. You know, like, just, it's, it's time that we supported each other as individuals and as a community, you know? Some great words of advice there. Hopefully things return to some level of normality soon and thanks again for and thanks again, Tony, for joining us on the podium. I'm just I'm just I'm gonna wait to take my eighty two year old mother out for lunch. So we're gonna we're going to carry on doing the best we can. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, hopefully, I don't know how the weather is because we're in Melbourne at the moment, but hopefully the weather up there in the, at the Gold Coast is fine. And yeah, hopefully it's. Well, it, yeah. I don't want to tell you, but it's probably 25 degrees, <laughs> blue sky, light breeze, you know, and, and let's all just, you know, get on with it. Let's, yeah. Let's just all bloody do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. And stop buying toilet paper. <laughs> I know, I know. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. everyone will get the memo soon enough to yeah be be, be <laughs> more responsible again. Thanks again, Tony, for joining us on the podium. Yeah, yeah.